Welcome to Private Club Radio, your weekly source for industry education, news and discussion. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi. So first off, how do you pronounce Qatar? Because yeah. I've heard Qatar, Qatar, I mean, you just came back. How do the locals pronounce the, the name of their country? So Qatar is, if you, you hear it pronounced Qatar, you hear it pronounced Qatar, you hear it pronounced Qatar by the, by the Brits. Um, the actual proper pronunciation of Qatar is Qatar, Qatar. It's like a Get, like like a guitar, guitar. Like you think about like like a guitar, but it's guitar. Guitar, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's the proper pronunciation. So now that so now that you've come back from there, you're what a day in. What are some of the top things off the top of your head that you you still remember? Um, the 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 the, the ma- most amazing thing to me, and like the most mind blowing, was first of all how safe it is in that region. So you always think about the Middle East or uh, you know the Arabian Peninsula as a really dangerous place, and first of all, it's not dangerous at all. Um, in fact, Doha is the safest city in the entire world, which I found fascinating. Doha is what the capital, the capital city of, of Qatar. Yeah, yeah. Qatar. <laughs> gotta say it right. Um, so that was one thing. I'd say number two was the way it smelled there. Um, it just smelled wonderful. It's a it's a weird thing to to, to note. say. Yeah, to say that place smells good. Yeah, but it did. It's you know there there was like incense burning uh, around the streets, and there's like these floral smells and all the soaps and perfumes that people wear there. It really smelled wonderful. So that that was that was huge. And then the other thing I would say is just how different each country was from the next. I think that was so. Fun. Those countries are how close together. So you went from Qatar. Or guitar um, to Oman. Guitar. Uh, I went to. I went. I started in Qatar. Yeah. Uh, I went, and you can say Qatar as, yeah, okay, as, as an easier thank way to say it. <laughs> they'll, they'll go Qatar, with that one. Qatar, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can actually. Uh, the, the problem right now, though, is there's there's a bit of a blockade or an embargo going on. So even though a flight from Qatar to Dubai should only be 30, 45 minutes, you actually have to go to Oman first. So. Oh, we got people commenting that they can't hear. Well, I think I think we've solved that problem because I, we, I we went so, to the smile. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's that's one of the things when you're struggling with a with a new beta program, <laughs> LinkedIn Live, is who knows what's going to happen, right? Um, okay, so the um, where was I going? Oh, so yeah, from- so you can't fly directly to Dubai. You have to go to Oman. So that was my next stop, is because I had to go there anyways. I was going to give a seminar in Oman. Which, in in its own right, is just a wonderful country. A little bit different. I'd say Oman was a bit more on the traditional side. So, for instance, you don't see big skyscrapers there. There's actually uh, an ordinance that buildings have to be a little bit lower. And that comes from the Sultan of Oman. You have to have a visa to go there. Um, Another fascinating thing about Oman is they really try to control the message. And what I mean by that is we were filming our show over there in the Middle East. So we had the big camera with us. And my camera actually got confiscated at uh, customs, and I ha- it had to stay there with the police until I left the country. Wow. Yeah, so we, we take that for granted here in the United States that, um, you know, you could travel anywhere with any kind of recording equipment you'd want, but it's different. It's different over there. And then what was your first impression of Dubai? Dubai was, was – pr- it was pretty much like walking into Manhattan. Um, you wouldn't – I wouldn't have guessed if, – if you just – 
woke up one morning uh, and you start looking around, I don't think you'd know that you were in the Middle East or in the desert. Um, it, it's so modern. It's like being in New York City. How big are those skyscrapers? They're, well, you've got the biggest building in the world. They're massive. You've got uh, the Burj Khalifa, which is like by far the biggest building right now. And they're actually going to build one there bigger than the Burj Khalifa, really? which is crazy. Wow. Um, but the way I describe it is imagine you're uh, in Manhattan driving down Fifth Avenue. But instead of Fifth Avenue, it's a super highway with 16 lanes. Wow. Like, <laughs> that's, that's the scale and scope of Dubai. How was the, the hospitality of everybody there? Like how did they treat you? How were you treated? Because it seemed like you were like a, treated like a dignitary from what I saw. But I'm just curious, what was that like for you as a, as a traveler abroad? Yeah, the, the locals, first of all, were, were incredible. Um, what I loved about it is like, for instance, if I was in the souk, the souk is like the outdoor market. And I go into the souk in Doha, and it wasn't like other countries I've been where they're like trying to, trying to be very aggressive in terms of their sales tactics. They were just very welcoming. And if I had my camera rolling or whatever, they, and I was like, is it okay? They're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and they would tell you about some of their things and their wares. But there wasn't that pressure or that you know trying to haggle you uh, like you get in other places. Oh, that's interesting. I would never think that it wasn't like that. Yeah, but the people in general were just very, very welcoming. Did a lot um, of them speak English? Uh, almost everyone speaks English. Uh, in fact, if you don't hear English, it'd probably be if someone didn't speak very good English, that would be the exception, not the rule. So, is that how they communicate with each other? Or also, Arabic. They speak Arabic to each other for the most part, and then, and then English for all the travelers that come right, through there, the right. business people. Yeah. Now, the other thing you have to think about is, first of all, in, in Qatar, it's a it's a country of two and a half million people or so, and only four or five hundred thousand of those are actually local Qataris. Everyone else is from all over the world. So you've got people from India, from Asia, from the UK. What, to, to help build out the infrastructure? Yeah. What are they doing there? There's a million people right now building um, in Doha, whether that's wow. the new – there's eight World Cup stadiums being built there. Eight World Cup stadiums? Eight, yeah. And each of these stadiums may have up to like 10,000 or more workers so on So are each they stadium. competitive with Dubai? Are they like, hey, we want to compete like Dubai or are they collaborative? I think, in a way, they're they're collaborative, maybe. But I think they're. I think that entire region is really trying to be set up for to be the hub of of technology and travel, right? So you've got airlines all over the world. That's a stopping point. So while people are there, they want to take advantage of that and really make it. Especially in Dubai, they want to make that a business hub. So talk about your golf experiences because you had uh, nighttime golf, which until you told me about you going out there, I didn't know you could play at night. Yeah. And talk about the. You have to play at night because you're in the desert, especially in the summertime. Oh, okay. I didn't even think about like 100, logistics. It's 120 degrees. You don't want to be playing in the middle of the day. So, so. at night it drops down to 90, maybe. Yeah, I, you know, I was there in the winter time, so it was really pleasant. It was. Yeah. Like, what was the weather like? Uh, in the daytime, it was 78. That was the high, and then the nighttime was about 68. Was the high, or was the temperature? So it was really pleasant that time. That's, so how, that's the time of year to be there. Is like November, December, January, February. How many different courses did you play? What do you recommend about the golf out in that part of the world? It, it just looked like you were having a blast the whole time. Yeah, well, I learned something new. There's actually desert courses out there, although I didn't get to play those. But they'll actually have greens that are made of an oil and sand mixture. <laughs> and you're playing out in the desert, and you've got little stakes on each side that marks the fairways. If you're inside those stakes, you can hit off a mat. If not, you just play it like you're in the you know really? wild out That's there. That's interesting. Desert. I didn't get to play those. The, the The traditional golf course, grass golf courses there are incredible. Uh, just exceptional conditions. In Oman, I played uh, Al Muj, which is a European tour stop every year. It's a Greg Norman course. It's gorgeous. 
in fact, a lot of people watching this may have seen my shot uh, off the beach. So that was, was off the unique. Persian Gulf. That was the Gulf, yeah. So yeah. that means they you... Called, there they called it the Gulf of Oman, yeah. Okay, so the Gulf of Oman there, that means you were off the fairway into the water pretty yeah, much. Yeah, I hit, I hit a bad shot left. And there was a lot of people on Reddit commenting about the rules. Yeah, we actually had a whole rules discussion. In, 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 a, in a Gulf. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty crazy, an entire rules discussion. That was one of the most up. beautiful shots I've ever seen. Because yeah. the water came in just as you it was just in time. swing. It was just in time. It was funny. And your shoes were waterproof for anyone that was debating that, right? Yes, Thank, uh, thank you to uh, Skechers, who gave me a free pair of shoes earlier this year. They were incredibly waterproof. So now, having come back from this experience, it was I know it was immersive. Like, you were on camels. They put you on Arabian horses. <laughs> it looked like every time I looked. Um, they also... Can you talk about driving through the desert? Like, what are the rules? I know you guys yeah. were going pretty fast in those sand dunes. The great... Yeah, so we, we, we drove through the desert. They call it dune bashing, okay? And dune bashing is basically just driving like a wild man out out in the desert. There's no rules. That's that's why people actually like it because you can go out there and, and pretty much do whatever you want. What they do is they let the air out of the tires uh, and that allows them to kind of navigate up these massive sand dunes. At, at some time, sometimes we were actually at like 45 degree angle either going up or down some of these things. So it's like going up a wave almost. Yeah. And we were going like 100 miles an hour. It was like 140, 150 kilometers an hour, wow. which is about 100 miles an hour for us, uh, just flying through the desert at times. It's crazy so would you say um having done it would you ever go back to play golf how would you recommend it for people that haven't been to the middle east what what is your take on it now i know it was overwhelming in a good way because the, there's so much coming at you but what's your assessment after doing all that i can't wait to go back i really hope i can bring my and now i feel very safe about my children going there because um, i'd love to bring my boys especially my older one for the world cup in a couple of years um, and, and having experienced it, I would feel completely comfortable doing that. What's funny, believe it or not, is people don't even lock their doors in, in Doha. So it's very safe. Very safe. And it has to do with, obviously, you've got uh, laws there, but more so they've got cameras everywhere. So the oh. entire country has CCTV. Um, and so I think that, that's, that's, that plays another big role. So everything's filmed. Yeah, so there's there's no there's not there's so harsh. You can't lie that something happened. It's on film, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but uh, I think it just gets also to the goodness of the people there. I mean, these are really good-hearted people. They're very welcoming. They're very um, they're very different than the what the media portrays to us here in the United States. How were the the other golf pros, the the people that run those courses? What were they like dealing with? How were they? You know, because I know you went to that beautiful golf course in Oman. These are friends you've built up through the podcast, and now you have the YouTube channel where you could bring it to life on video. Yeah. Uh, what was their hospitality like? Oh, the people at the golf courses were incredible. Anyone you want to, you know, care to mention? Yeah, I mean, the, the folks at Dubai Golf were great. Um, they, uh, in fact, Chris May, the the CEO uh, of of Dubai Golf, kind of helped us retrieve our bags even from from baggage claim. Wade, my my partner's uh, clubs came a little late. Wade, uh, who is also on the show, you'll see him on the show, and uh, he he actually drove us to the airport to retrieve the bags, which was cool. Um, so the executive all, of that golf course yeah. drove you guys back to the airport to go get. Yeah, a bag. he was That's really awesome. really wonderful. Again, goes back to the hospitality industry and and the, and the service oriented culture that we we have. And then of course Mike Braidwood in in Education City just rolled out the red carpet. It was so fun to be with him. He's just an entertaining guy to be with. Uh, for, for those that don't know Mike, and I didn't know Mike this well before, now I feel like we're friends. But uh, he'll he'll crack a joke when you don't expect it. <laughs> it's, he has got that dry Scottish humor, and uh, he was just great. Just he set up all all sorts of experiences. We got to do things that probably no one that goes to that country gets to do. 
Um, one of those, we went to the Supreme Committee, and the Supreme Committee is this giant skyscraper built um, for the World Cup, specifically for the staff uh, who are running the event. And we got some behind-the-scenes private access. We were in this IMAX theater they had built, a private screening room wow. to talk about the World Cup stadiums, the initiatives that are happening. Um, the, the, the other point I do want to make is that the country, um, you think, you, again, I thought of the region as uh, completely different than it really was. But the conservation efforts that are happening in that region are incredible. So they're building these World Cup stadi- stadiums. Uh, in ways that, for instance, you can tear out some of the stands. So a stadium that might hold 40,000 for the World Cup event, well, they'll take out 20,000 of those seats, and they're going to they're gonna actually give those seats to other countries to build you know, high school gymnasiums, to build other stadiums in other places. Uh, the sustainability efforts that are happening there, you, you almost never see plastic straws or even plastic uh, silverware. You'll see uh, at the golf course, they have bamboo teas, and they actually even have cornstarch teas that just melt, completely biodegradable. Um, they're, at Dubai Golf, they're going to um, containers like this that are, are, are not single-use but multi-use, and they'll, put your, uh, they'll, they'll go the step to customize your name wow. to that bottle so that now it's not just a hassle for you to use this thing. This is a, like a gift from the club. So those sorts of sustainability effort, efforts I didn't, I didn't expect to see either. So for like the Let's Play Through YouTube channel, um, did you ever think when you started this two months ago that you'd be traveling in the Middle East? And I know you're off to Mexico pretty soon. Yeah, tomorrow. So you're like, <laughs> oh, is it tomorrow? Yeah. Jeez. So you're traveling the world. Yeah. But it all started right here in your own backyard in the state of Florida. Right. Did you realize it would happen this quickly? No, I didn't. Yeah. I, I thought we'd, we'd be hanging around the United States for a little bit of time, but it's been pr- pretty cool that we're going to get to experience some of the international flavor all over the world. We're going to head to England next year, um, potentially Scotland. We're working uh, We're working with some clubs there to, to come over to Scotland, and we may even hit Sweden. I'm trying to hit places with this show that are off the beaten track. Like, not many people think of Qatar as a place to go play golf. But let me tell you, that facility is incredible in terms of the course itself is immaculate. But the training facilities they have there are second to none in the entire world. In the world? World. I've never seen the technology and the, and the, um, the instruction that takes place there anywhere else in the world. Now, I saw you play foot golf. Can you explain yeah. that? Because that looks like something I would be into. Um, what is foot golf? Well, that's another wonderful thing that they're doing at Education City, okay? So foot golf is basically soccer meets golf. And why that's important for that part of the world is because Qatari people know soccer, but they don't have any experience with golf. And how do you, what better way to teach them the rules of golf or the game of golf than to introduce them via a way that they actually know? That's so, ingenious. Yeah, it, it actually bridges that gap for people. Like, okay, I know soccer, but now I can learn golf. So they've got, yeah, they have a six-hole course. And it's perfect. It's laid out like it would be a golf course. You've got bunkers. You've got a green. You've got a hole. Obviously, the hole's a little bit bigger to accommodate a soccer ball. But, you know, you learn, okay, what's the etiquette of playing golf? What, is, what, what are the different lies that you might have? What are some of the terminology? That's all stuff that you can learn by, by playing something you already know. So, because a lot of people are watching you travel, how can they support the Let's Play Through crew, what you're doing? So, I mean, I don't think people realize how they could work together with you on these projects because it's right. pretty awesome that you bring the world to them sure. via video and the experience. 
I think number one, just just simply subscribe to the show would be a huge thing that anyone. Explain what that is. Some people don't even know how true. to subscribe yeah. to a YouTube. Sometimes show. they think that you're, you have to pay to subscribe. It's or they free. think you watch the video <laughs> that means you subscribe. Right. It's yeah. There's actually a red, big red subscribe button on YouTube. You hit that button and. Uh, and even more so, if you hit the little bell, you'll actually get notifications every time we release a video. So you don't have to just blindly go to YouTube. You'll know when we actually drop a video. And so then, that's and then, number one. Yeah, and then clubs could work with you on yeah. this, right? and then clubs can work with us. So we're, again, my goal is to, is to grow the game of golf uh, and to, to present golf in a way that's entertaining and that's fun. I think historically golf has been seen as you know, a stodgy old man sport. It's not that. I could have, you and I are similar generation, but I come from the school where I see it as an old man, old rich white guy sport. I think a lot of non-golfers do feel like, that way. Uh, yeah. Like in Caddyshack, remember uh, the judge? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's who people usually <laughs> think of. Um, right. As, you know, Rodney Dangerfield was one shaking it up. But, yeah, exactly. But, but it's for everybody. It's for everyone. And uh, and so the show is to, sh- is to show people that it can be entertaining. What, it, what else there is to do around around the golf course in terms of tapping into the local culture, the food scene, all the sorts of things like that. Um, so we actually have some opportunities where clubs can, can work with us and they can, they can bring the show to them. And I think that that's so powerful because when we do a show like this, it's basically a 20 or 30 minute infomercial. But the viewer doesn't feel like they're getting sold at all. Right? They're, they're part being, of the experience. They're part of the experience. They're being entertained. But – in the in the subconscious, we're basically selling this the, the the thrill of your golf course with our show. So I'd love for people to who are maybe interested in bringing our show to them reach out to me. You should shoot me an email, Gabe at Private Club Agency, and, and we'll talk about how we can do that. And, and as your producer, I think the thing people don't realize is they they look at the short term play like what's in it, but what they don't realize is YouTube over time. Those videos keep getting views twenty four seven while right. they're sleeping. Right. It's so not like, a one, it's not a one time shot like a net, like network TV might well, be or you know you get a couple plays. This is yeah, something you only that lives see on it once and if it gets a replay. But I saw the I was with you on at Stream Song, and that video now has over ten thousand views and counting. And we haven't even eleven thousand. I think is eleven thousand. Yeah. So it just goes to show you. Last time I checked, it was ten. Now if it's eleven. But um, yeah, man, thank you, uh, thank you for allowing me to share this experience. I'm hoping to join you in the Middle East. Yeah, I was very Wanna jealous. <laughs> uh, my daughter was celebrating her first birthday and had a couple other engagements. We'll let you off the hook this time. Yeah, but I definitely <laughs> want to experience. For I come from a Greek culture, and I just know that the Arabic culture, especially in the Middle East, they're very family and very friendly and very giving people. So I saw that through. I mean, they put you on Arabian horses. They put you on camelback. The hospitality is legendary in that part, and when you match it with the golf community yeah. and the love of golf, it just—I'm excited. When are the videos coming out? We should start dropping them. I'd say in about 30 days from now. Um, so now the hardest part is we have so much good footage. Is how do we distill that down? That'll be the biggest pro- the issue for me and for our editors. <laughs> how do we do that? And for you as the producer to kind of figure out those stories. Yeah, I'm excited. But we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. It's a good out. problem to have. We have so much good stuff that, that that's a good problem. Yeah, so if you're enjoying the videos, make sure to share them and, and tell people about yeah. the Let's Play Through crew. I, I, I mean, welcome back. Thank you, man. I'm and a, tomorrow for one more day. <laughs> I got about 12 more hours. get some done today, right? <laughs> Anyways, all right. Thanks, well, th- thank you for allowing me to be part of this live stream. I'm, yep. I'm Chris Kermitzel signing over now. See you, guys. Private Club Radio is brought to you by Concert Golf Partners, helping to preserve and enhance private golf and country clubs. Visit ConcertGolfPartners.com to learn more about the recapitalization process.